Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. And if you think that you're busy, I want you to meet Daphne Oz. And I know you've met Daphne. You know her family, her daddy, Dr. Oz, her mom, who is also a personality on television. All this, everyone in this family is very accomplished. And Daphne, who is a mother of four, a new one, has a brand new book called Eat Your Heart Out. And I'm going to let Daphne tell you about that. In addition, she has a a daytime talk show called Good Dish. She's a judge on Master Chef Junior, which is on Fox Primetime. So you've been doing this since you were in college. You wrote books about how you you know I don't know anyone who didn't gain ten pounds the first few months in college. (laughs) You wrote a cookbook when you were just a kid with all of this. So tell me, life goes on. You are doing 90 things before breakfast. (laughs) Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you for such a generous uh, introduction. I I do sometimes feel like I'm doing 90 things before breakfast, but sometimes that's because I'm eating breakfast at 2 (laughs) p.m. It's just the day gets busy. Um, yeah, no, I, I wrote my first book, The Dorm Room Diet, as you mentioned, when I was in college. And it was because I got a head start and had gained not just 15 pounds, but 40 pounds that I was carrying around um, by the time I graduated high school. And uh, I talk in the book a lot about how that's because I was very lucky to grow up in a huge family where, you know, so many food cultures intertwined and, and all of them at the core had that family dinner and, and family mealtime as such a a core way to uh, to bond and to show each other love and to experiment and play and adventure in the kitchen. And um, and so even though I was eating healthy food, it is clearly possible to overeat healthy food. And right. I found myself uh, the overweight kid. Yeah, well, I loved it. I, lo- I loved I mean, I'm the oldest child in my family and, and sort of always considered myself the seventh child in, of my mom's siblings because she had me quite young and and I was lucky to get to grow up at my grandparents' farm so much of the time while my dad was in early medicine and first in residency and so on. But um, I, so I grew up at their elbows at the kitchen uh, counter trying to figure out and learn what they were doing and hear the gossip of the day and the whole thing. But, um, but that love of food was so critical to me. And, and I found myself the overweight kid in, in a family full of health nuts. And so when I got to college, it was the first time that I felt that great freedom to establish a healthy lifestyle program that would really work for me at that stage of my life, which is, as you mentioned, a really a time when a lot of people go off the rails because it's their first time experiencing that freedom. And, and it's so easy to fall into what I started calling the danger zones of college, you know, the late night studying and the parties and the so on. And I wanted to have all those rich experiences, but I wanted to do it in a way that would also fuel me to get healthy, lose the extra weight I was carrying around and do it in a way that was actually practical for an 18 year old to try to do. So um, it was exciting. I'll tell you, it was really exciting. I had to conquer and tackle a lot of fears. I was definitely a shy kid 
who was much more comfortable with adults than I was with peers. And imagine my uh, <laughs> my discomfort with having to talk about weight loss and the deep vulnerability of feeling just you know, like I like I had to get healthy um, in front of you know entire classrooms, entire panhellenic societies. I mean, just groups of people in my, you know, in my, my immediate peers. But what I found through that experience was even though the first couple of times it was nerve wracking and and terrifying um, to be that vulnerable and be that open about something I'd struggled with, what I, what I would look out in the audience and see were these light bulbs flashing off in people's brains of just like, oh, wow, that's actually really useful for me. I can do which what she did, I can try this in my life and sort of, you could see that positive change happening. And that really, fueled me to, to something that now is commonplace. But I think back then when I wrote the book in 2004, I think it was maybe like 2005, um, that like being vulnerable and open with a group of people that you don't know, creates connection. It creates positive change in such a powerful way. And in such a sticky way that that also really helped me create the lens and the platform through which I've, I've, you know, continued to, um, to, to be on television and write books and, and do the things that I love to do. Well, you know, it's interesting. You had and have a very strong support system. You had a mother and a grandmother who thought, you know, this child is the gift as all their children were. But when you get that, even when there are little blips along the way, you can come through it on the other side. It's a kind of confidence. So you were eating not just to drown, you know, sorrows or things which kids do. You were eating because it was good and you liked it. <laughs> yes, that's true. I understand. I grew up many, many years before you in that kind of family. You know, food, the table was where everyone gathered to deal with life, with the days. And we ate constantly wonderful food. So you inherited that gift. Did you feel, Daphne, I'm talking to Daphne Oz, who's got a brand new book out called Eat Your Heart Out, and beautifully illustrated and terrific recipes. I'll let you know the secrets of that book in a minute. But did you feel pressured by all the accomplishments of your family? You were the first child. Do you feel that you had to really go and do and be? You know, I think it's something I think about a lot as a mother now um, is kids really internalize what they're told they have potential to be. And so I, I never felt like I was being pressured to succeed. I always felt like I was being pressured to try. I was being pressured to work. I was being pressured to live up to and, and take advantage of the immense opportunity and um, and just, you know, a support system, as you mentioned, of having uh, you know, having a family who really believed in my potential. And I think that and I also was very inspired by how, you know, what, what I saw the, the members of my family going after in their lives. And the, and the you know, the, something I remember you know early on was being told that. It, being the most talented or the most naturally gifted at something is never going to beat being the person who works the hardest. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. And I think it's a very empowering statement because that is 
that is something that um, in many ways you, you are much more in control of than what you're innately born with. And I think as a parent now, you know, uh, with, with my kids' school, I've been learning so much about a growth mindset. And this is something that I don't remember being explicitly phrased in that way when I was a kid growing up, but I think about it all the time now. And it's valuable for adults as much as it is for kids. But the idea of, you know, external praise, like someone telling you they're so proud of you or someone telling you you did a good job. Well, that's, first of all, not something you can't control their opinion of what you did and you can't control their, you know, what arbitrary things they're using to tally up against or for you. Um, and so it creates a, a weird paradigm because all of us as parents are so tempted to do that. You did such a good job. This is the best painting ever. You're so good at math. Like, you know, that's just something so ingrained in supportive parenting. But when you do that to kids, what I've been learning, uh, you know, certainly no expert in education, but I, but I, my ears are wide open to it because I really do. I want my kids to grow up with confidence. I want them to grow up with a desire to be of service and a desire to, um, to, to, to do great things, uh, you know, to, to really run after the things that interest them um, and be kind and all of it. And I want that to, and I, I know that that sometimes happens in the spaces where, we are not as parents stepping in to save them from everything or stepping in to mm -hmm. spare them from what can sometimes be painful moments, but ultimately help them craft this confidence and this self-sufficiency that is so valuable as they go into adulthood. And just to complete the thought on growth mindset, you can see my, the pregnancy brain is so real. But Daphne, are you saying that maybe we're putting too much heat on kids by telling them how brilliant they are, how successful Maybe that's too much. No, no. It, the, the, it's actually just a change of your phrasing. It's not that, you know, you shouldn't want great things for your kids or hope that, hope that for them or tell them that you think they're capable of those things. It's that the way in which you phrase it so that it's not about you being proud of them. It's not right, I'm it's so proud them. of you. It's how, yeah, how do you feel in that experience? Like how, what, you know, I'm so excited that you got to see when you worked really hard, look at what that created. You praising the effort, not the outcome is, you know, from the educators that I've been speaking with, that is so fundamental to creating in them a, a system for judging their own lives. That is about how it makes them feel not about how other people perceive what they've chosen to do. And I think that is, you know, in this day and age, um, where where lots of your life is open to other people's interpretation of it, it's actually so empowering to have it have your kids grow up with a feeling of wh how you know uh, what am I going to be proud of? What am I going to do that that's going to create positive change in my life? Um, so you had asked about if I felt pressure. I, uh, the pressure I felt was was yeah to fit in. I definitely wanted to work hard and and see what my what my limits were. Um, but I never felt pressure to, to, you know, do anything specific. It was really to, to explore my own interests. No, and that's really interesting because one of my kids, my son, always said to me, I felt a lot of pressure because you kept telling me how great I was, how gifted, a genius. He said, it was mm -hmm. a lot of heat. I felt it. That yeah. he said, you know, um, Later, I thought maybe I was lucky because that message got ingrained, you know, that I could do anything, but yeah. it was the wrong kind. You're saying something which um, could be a good op-ed too, but it really makes a difference how you deal with it and phrase it. You can still give them the gift of confidence, but you have to do it not about you, about them. 
Yeah, which is hard to do because it's easy to see our kids as extensions of us and we want good things for them. So we, and, and it's just, it's funny how the, the logic and the wisdom evolved. Cause I think there was a time where, you know, being a super rallying parent was, the, was what was, ex- what, not just what was expected, what was hoped for. And it's so interesting, exactly as you said, a lot of kids when they're, when they're told how naturally gifted they are, how exceptional they are, how great they are, it's a lot to live up to. And when you have, it, it also makes you terrified. If you are a hyper-performing kid, if you are a really you know, exceptional kid, you also want to perform you don't want to lose that it like rattles you so much the idea that that could go away and so what they've also found is that like if you if you give someone the label of oh you're great at math and then they hit a a problem as everyone does where they don't know the answer it's not an easy fix for them then they stop trying they stop they pull back because they Mm want to stay in the place where they're perfect at it and that actually stunts the growth that they could have. So it's just fascinating. And the more you look, it's the, the more, you know, the more, you know, right. <laughs> right. No, it's interesting. Um, so it's interesting yeah. too how you decided early that food was where you were going to go or that world, you know, the good life, yeah. good health, good nutrition, because it could have been anything. Medical school, I gather was not on your list. It very much was actually funnily enough. So my, my dad's a heart surgeon. My grandfather's a heart surgeon. My other grandfather was a pulmonary surgeon. Um, my uncle's a neurosurgeon. Like every male in my family pretty much is a was in medicine. And, yeah. And, and then my mother and my grandmother are, are deeply involved in nutrition and, and complementary medicine and alternative care and things of that nature. And I, I loved I love that knowledge of the human body. I, I definitely thought I was heading into medicine so much so that I, I actually went to pre-medical post back after I graduated college, but um, for a period of time. But I, I don't think I, I knew at some point pretty early on that I didn't think the place I could be of most service or the place that I could reach the biggest number of people with the most useful information that could maybe prevent them ever having to get on the operating table was going to be through medicine. I, I really, I had this deep love of food always in my life. And I'd seen the positive change I'd been able to create in my life. I, this ending of that dorm room diet story is that I created this healthy lifestyle program that really worked. I lost 40 pounds in the first two years of my college experience. And that was really the whole, um, the whole business. Was I, I had seen what eating good things for, for my body could do for my health overall. And so that was, um, you know, when I ultimately uh, got the job at the CHU and went back to culinary school and went, I'd been studying nutrition at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition as well. It just felt like it's a really wonderful way to make health delicious and accessible and power people with great recipes. I'm talking and to Daphne Oz. And Daphne is a television host, a best-selling author, an entrepreneur. She's got a brand new book out called Eat Your Heart Out. And the book has some very simple rules. And I'm going to let you, Daphne, explain. You talk about sugar, a couple of things that are eliminated for five days a week. Yes. So, okay, so... (laughs) While, while I created a program that worked for me when I was 18 and 19 and 20 with the program that I, this book, Eat Your Heart Out, is really a reset program for people who love to eat. People like me. In other words, I felt like, you know, especially when you live for great bites and you love to 
enjoy life through food, as it sounds, Joan, like you grew up doing, it can be, it, I would argue people like us need a reset almost more than anybody else because the, the indulgent moments stop feeling so significant when they feel wrote or, you know, without intention behind them or without any sense of like moderation or control around them. So it was to me, especially after having babies or after periods of a lot of stress or a lot of celebration, I felt like I wanted a quick way to get my health back on track, to get my body back on track, to feel like I was making great healthy choices again and resetting and and renewing that commitment in a way that would never rob me of having the delicious food experiences I wanted to have. So Eat Your Heart Out is 150 recipes, free from gluten and free from refined sugar, but full on flavor. People who know me from TV or from social media know that like I do not do food that isn't delicious. I really need it to make an impact and be memorable. And I, I had a really hard time finding another reset program or clean eating program that really satisfied those very demanding taste buds of mine. So it took me the better part of five years to write this book. I really put it to the test. And the five and two rule that you mentioned is really so five days a week when I'm following this reset and it can this reset you can do it for a week if you're like coming off the holidays and you just want a week of reset um, if you feel like you've you know grown dependencies on sugar on things on carbs etc then you just want a, simple carbs I mean things that you know loaded with sugar etc um, that there this is something you can rely on for the week it's something I've done for months on end after after having babies and things where it was a bigger shift I wanted to make. Um, but in any case, five days a week, you're not you're avoiding gluten and you're avoiding refined sugar. And that's, you know, leaving you a tremendous abundance of foods to play with. And you'll see in the recipes here, I cover all elements of the day, breakfast, lunch and dinner, of course, but also brunches and snacks and even desserts. I really want to eat your heart out to treat the, the whole human and to give you assets to use right. throughout your day. And then two days a week off when I eat whatever I want is really On critical because I've, I've learned through so many parts of my life that your mind is your biggest ally or your biggest foe and having those days that you can look forward to of like, I don't have to, I don't have to rule anything out. I can go to my birthday party or my friend's dinner or whatever's going on that you were looking forward to and, and continue to live your life in a really sustainable way. Well, it sounds good. There are a lot of wonderful recipes and it's very easy plan to follow. I mean, I was already copying down miso glaze sea bass and shrimp in a lettuce wrap. There are a lot of yummy things. And I congratulate you on everything. And your family's off to a lot of new adventures. Your dad is running for political office. Everyone is doing their thing. And it's an exciting time in the Oz family. Look forward to talking to you again. Congratulations. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC.